0: We're going to start a new book, uh, Bible book this week, the book of Zechariah. So, we'll start in Zechariah chapter 1, God Remembers. We'll start with Ezra. Ezra chapter 5 is an introduction to that because that's where Zechariah is first mentioned. The prophet Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Edu, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who is over them. So Zerubbabel and Yeshua, the son of Uzadok, rose up and began to build the house of God which is in Jerusalem, and the prophets of God were with them, helping them. So we have this unique time period in history where uh, you have the governor, the the leader, the political leader, Zerubbabel, and the spiritual leader, in this case, uh, Yeshua, son of Uzadok, all working together, working in harmony, and then two prophets coming alongside them, and all working together, and then the people following this lead and blessing. It's a wonderful, wonderful example, and we should uh, take note of it and, and remember it and really dwell on it and to want to follow it in our own lives because it's very rare. It's very rare in the Bible. It's very rare in history. It's very rare in our own lives in our, in our workplace in school in our own homes to have this kind of unity, everyone pulling together, everyone working together with one goal in mind, and thus God's blessing poured out. And so not a lot written when, uh, when God does that, um, when people pull together this way. And so we need to pause and remember it and take note of it. Now Haggai uh, means uh, hag, like we say hag sameach, happy holiday, or hag purim, happy uh, Purim or Purim festival. And so it means festival or celebration. And so uh, and Haggai, my celebration, my festival, my joy. And so maybe he was born on a feast day, or maybe just his parents were just so happy and, and were just rejoicing regarding uh, his birth and named him uh, that way. Now, uh, Zechariah, and Zechariah here is mentioned as son of Edu, and we'll find out in the book of Zechariah, Edu is really his grandfather, and why it's mentioned this way, I'm not sure. Uh, but again, we'll see that here in a minute, but Zechariah means, uh, if I can remember what it means. Uh, it means remembered. yud heh vav God remembers, right? And so God remembers. So even if we forget, God doesn't forget. God remembers. And uh, so we have Zerubbabel there too, and Yeshua, your son of Uzadok. And uh, I like the name uh, Zerubbabel and Zechariah. And uh, when we first got married, I told Barbara, I want to name we have a child, a son. I want to name him uh, Zachariah Zerubbabel Zaremsky, right? So that way he'd have a Z Z Z for uh, for a um, for a, yeah, give me a band, right? A Z Z Z for initials, right? And if it was a girl, it was going to be Zephaniah um, uh, Zipporah. Zaremsky, right? even though Zephaniah in the Bible is a boy's name, but it sounds like a girl's name, right? So Zephaniah, uh, Zipporah, I don't always get my way, so that didn't work out. So, I you know, that's just proof I don't always get my way in my own, right? So we didn't do that. Um, but, uh, but I liked that. I like the ring of that. So Zechariah, God remembers. And that's a great name, right? That God remembers us. Because a lot of times we don't, aren't remembered. A lot of times we don't feel remembered. We're forgotten in society. Just this week, um, I went to Facebook, and I never go to Facebook. All right? So if you think I'm reading your post or anything, I'm not reading your post. I, don't, I never go there. But someone, a friend of mine, wanted me now to be his Facebook friend, uh, even though I was already his friend, but uh, physically, friend, you know, friend, friend. And uh, and now he wanted me to be a virtual friend, and I didn't want to insult him and make him feel bad. right? And so I had to go on there, and I had to remember my... Log in and log in and then go there and then and say yes and, and all that. And so i looking at the thing and, and another friend of mine uh, posted uh, that uh, they're doing something with some uh, suicide prevention thing and so respond to this as evidence that people aren't forgotten, right? That people are, you know, that you're not alone, right? And four people responded and said, that, you know, I need at least two people to respond. Well, four people responded. I thought, boy, what if only one person responded? What if no one responded? Would they commit suicide? I mean, that'd be horrible, right? And it could be, right? You know, because not always, you're not on. I wouldn't respond. I didn't respond. I don't respond to anybody. You know, so I just thought that's so horrible, right? That we think, oh, you know, we get proof that people care. And when reality is people don't care, right? People don't care. We, we care about ourselves. That's our nature. That's our normal nature, right? As from our birth, right, from coming out, First thing, we're crying, right? We're hungry. We don't care if it's the middle of the night. We don't care if our parents worked all day or were up all last night with us. We're gonna, we want to be fed. We want to be changed. We're all just about self, right? And until we come to the Lord, that's all we care about. And so it's not uncommon for our bosses and employers to just use us. You know, as long as we can produce, as long as we can help them out, then uh, we're ha- they're happy to have us there. But, uh, but if not, they'll just as easily cut us and go on. If they can get someone to do it less, they just move on without us, right? And, uh, and often, some just, you know, friends will do the same thing. Some spouses in family settings will do similar things. We forget birthdays, forget anniversaries, we forget each other, because we're wrapped up in self. And that's just common, that's just how it is you know our, our our worth is not based on how many likes we get or how many people respond to our post or how many people remember us cuz people don't remember us that's just reality it's just how it is on this earth and it's sad but god remembers us god never forgets us god knows our name god knows the very hairs on our head God is watching us all the time. God knew us before we were even created in our mother's womb. God knew us even before he created Adam and Eve. God has known us and cares about us and loves us with an everlasting love. That's why his name is God Remembers. The parents didn't name him. Your mother remembers you. Your father remembers you. We remember you. No. God Remembers. And the Bible says, even if a a mother could forget her suckling child while she's holding her child and her child is nursing, even if she could forget her under those kind of circumstances right that moment, even if she could, God will not forget you. He's engraved you into the palms of his hands. He knows you, you're engraved in his heart, in his mind, He never forgets you. No matter what sorrows we go through, no matter how lonely we are, and we're living in a lonely planet now, more suicides than ever before with all this communication and all this interaction and all this social media and all this ability to have lots of friends all over the world and tally up numbers and post stuff that has no meaning at all, and yet we feel lonelier than ever before and more depressed than ever before. More leisure, more pleasure, more stuff, more things, more choices, more items right at our fingertips, delivered the next day. And yet we are more depressed, in more despair, with more fears than ever before. And a higher and higher suicide rate as a result. Higher and higher drug rates, higher and higher alcoholic rates. Because we don't remember that God remembers us. We try and get our worth from other people, trying to suck it out of them. We become love suckers. Now we just grab onto someone and demand their love and suck all their love out. Get all the attention. Trying to draw attention to self. That's our human nature. That's how we are. Even in suicide, that's the whole reason it's to get attention. A lot of people commit crimes just so their name will be in the newspaper. They'll have some sort of fame, some sort of notice. A lot of times, kids are bad in school just because that gets them attention. Maybe right? they don't get good attention, then they'll get for, go for the bad attention. <clears throat> so we crave this attention. We crave being wanted, being known, being recognized. And all the while, God is there. He's consistent. Every day, He never sleeps, He never slumbers. He's awake 24 hours a day thinking about you. At the same time, he's able to think about everybody else. And not only this little tiny speck of a planet, but all his created beings. In all the universes out there, he's able to have his eyes on him. And that boggles our mind that is beyond our comprehension. But I mean, in a little way, we can understand it, right? Because... We can go on a computer and go to a search engine and type in a couple words, and people can be doing that at that same search engine all around the world, typing in the same word or a different word, and within seconds, we'll get a whole bunch of responses of places that we can look at to get some kind of answer to our inquiry. Instantaneously. Everybody, all asking the question. And God's even better than that. He hears it all, all the prayers and all the unsaid prayers, all the longing of the hearts, all the cries, all the tears, all the feelings, all the emotions, as well as all the joys and all the happiness and all the smiles and all the laughter. We're intricately connected with him. It's like he has nerve endings right in us and when we have feelings, he's feeling them as well automatically, all the time, for everyone all around the universe. And he knows us all individually, not as some computer number, IPO address or something like that, but he knows us by name and remembers us. The one who has been around, who's been around for eternity, the preexistent one, always there. He's always known us. And to this moment and at this time right now, he's right here with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Promising never to leave and never to forsake us and he'll be with us into our future, and he'll be with us for all eternity. And even if we choose not to be there, he will have us on his mind for eternity. He will never forget us. He will long for us and miss us for eternity if we choose not to be there with him. That's the kind of love that God has for us. That's the love that satisfies the soul. That's the love that meets our every need. Love that remembers. God remembers. And that name is so apropos at this point in history. A lot of people in the Bible have that name. But at this point in particular, after 70 years of, because of disobedience, Babylon able to come in, and destroy the temple, and destroy Jerusalem. And there we are, taken captive. And for 70 years, generations, God remembered us. And brought us back into the land. To reestablish us there. And it's really miraculous, because I mean, after 70 years, be a good chance just assimilate. Just give up hope. Just become like the People in the nation that we became a part of, except there a multitude of different gods to choose from. But God remembered us and kept us and saved us, and delivered us and brought us back. And he's at a work in work our, in our lives, in each of our lives, all the time. He's remembering us. we cry out to him, he's there. Even if we forget him, he hasn't forgotten us. And so even before we go on to the the story for today, the text for today, if you've been feeling forgotten, someone has forgotten you, maybe you've been rejected, maybe you were rejected as a child, maybe you were unwanted, maybe your parents didn't love you, or you were abandoned, or maybe a spouse left you, or maybe you were fired from jobs. Or unwanted in school, last picked on for teams. Felt unloved, felt abandoned, felt rejected. Accept God's acceptance. Accept God's love. Grab a hold of Him. Thank him for remembering you, for knowing you, for loving you, for calling you by name. He's calling, he's reaching out to you right now. Let his healing touch take place in your life. In Zechariah chapter 1, verse 1, In the eighth month of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, the son of Barchiah, the son of Edu, the prophet. And so here we have his father and his grandfather's name. Merchah means God blessed, right? yud heh vav blessed. So blessed of God, or the blessing of God. God blessing. And so God did bless. And God blessed him with a son, Zechariah, that God remembers. And the time frame where we're at, so we return from Babylon under the decree of Cyrus, which is miraculous. And then the temple began to be built because of God's blessing upon Cyrus. And then we had Zerubbabel and Yeshua, the son of Yisadok. And then the temple building paused for a while because there was opposition and persecution. And the new king of Medo-Persia said, Stop. And so time period went, but God hadn't forgotten us. God remembered. And then the second year of Darius, he stirs up the spirit of of Haggai and Zechariah in Zerubbabel and Yeshua, to get building again, and they start the building process all over again. So, in the eighth month, the second year of Darius, right around the same time that Haggai is preaching and prophesying and ministering. Verse two: The Lord has been very angry with your fathers; therefore, say to them, "Thus says the Lord of hosts: Return to me," says the Lord of hosts, "and I will return to you," says the Lord of hosts. So God was angry with their fathers, Again, back before Babylon came and destroyed it. Rejection of the prophets, Jeremiah and Isaiah, and their messages, both from the leaders, the kings, and the people, most of them in mass. God sending prophet after prophet, and us refusing and continuing in sin, continuing to surrender to God, going out from under his protection, running away from him, exposing ourselves to the devil, and Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon able to come in and destroy Jerusalem, take almost everyone captive, take us to Babylon. I was very angry with your father. Say to them, thus says the Lord of hosts, return to me. Don't follow in your parents' actions. Don't follow their pattern. They made wrong choices. That's not a reason for you to make a wrong choice. Too often it's so common. People just to follow. As the Bible says, He will remember the, the sins of the fathers down to the third and the fourth generation. Because that pattern sticks generational curses, inherited tendencies, continue. But they can be broken by the power and blood of the Messiah. It doesn't have to be that way. That's just a natural tendency to be that way. And it takes a miracle. It takes a miracle of God. It takes God sending His Son to set us free from that pattern, to deliver us and set us free. So maybe that's why we were there 70 70 years to get to that third and fourth generation. So he says, yeah, they made a mistake. Yeah, they disobeyed. But you don't have to do the same. You don't have to make the same mistakes. And so if your parents or aunts or uncles or grandparents or spiritual leaders have made mistakes in your life, don't follow their example but return to the Lord. Come back to Him. Maybe you were walking with God at one point in time in your life. And maybe you're still going through the motions. Obviously you're here tonight. But maybe you've become distracted. Maybe there's some anger at someone, at something. Maybe angry at God, didn't fulfill what you felt needed to be done. Maybe some religious leader disappointed you. Maybe someone who was set to be an example, parent, relative, teacher, actually became an example of the devil more than God. Don't use that as an excuse to turn away from God. So if we let the hypocrite get between us and God, then physically they're closer to God than we are. So get around them, walk around them, Don't let them get between you and God. Ignore their sins. Ignore their faults. Don't follow their example. And don't take it out on God, who's loved you with an everlasting love. So whatever it takes, get around them and get close to God. Return to Him. He's there for you. He doesn't move. It's us that distance ourselves. If we hang on to bitterness and anger because of what someone did, it just eats us away. They've probably forgotten us again. They didn't care about us to begin with. That's our nature. That's our normal human nature. They weren't doing it at you necessarily, most often. It's just how they are. Just the nature of the beast. Scorpions bite, that's just what they do. Not about you. (laughs) didn't particularly have it out for you. Mosquitoes suck blood, that's what they do. You just happen to be around when they were hungry. We hold on to bitterness, anger. It's like taking a poisonous pill. And swallowing it, hoping you're going to kill the other person. That's what unforgiveness does. It doesn't (laughs) affect them. You can sit there and say, well, I'll forgive them when they ask forgiveness. When they apologize, that's when I'll forgive them. Well, what if they never do? What if they die and have never asked forgiveness? What are you going to do then? You're stuck with the unforgiveness. You're stuck with the bitterness and anger. And it's just grown and grown and grown. Give them over to the Lord. Leave them with God. Let God deal with them. Not excusing what they did. Not saying what they did was right. No, it's saying what they did was wrong. Let God take care of them. Let God deal with them. Don't let them get between you and God. Because someone made a mistake and God was angry with them, don't let that affect you. You return to the Lord. Come back to him. He has remembered you. He's calling out to you. Kind of like Adam and Eve. God gave us a simple test. One tree out of probably millions. Just stay away from the one. We didn't listen. We disobeyed. We chose to listen to Satan instead of God. A stupid snake instead of the eternal God who is walking with us and talking with us every day in the garden. We sinned and then we came to know what evil really is like. What sin is like. We became selfish, took for ourselves, wanting to be like God. And then became all self-absorbed. Oh no, I'm naked. Oh no, God's going to see me. Oh no, God's going to be disappointed. All about self. And went and hid. And what did God do? God remembered. And God came looking for us. And he walked through the garden as he did every day. And we weren't there to meet him. Now he knew where they were. And he could have just knocked over the bush. Come out of there. But instead he called and drawed, just like he's doing there. Return to me. Adam and Eve, where are you? How come you're not here where we met all the time? Come and return. I'm here. I've come after you. I've come looking for you. Come on to me, all you who are heavy laden. Who are burdened with cares and worries and fears and troubles difficulties, let me carry your burden, let me walk with you, come to me, return to me, come on to me. And he called them out. And then he covered them with clothing and provided a sacrifice for them, provided salvation for them, provided forgiveness for them, provided a second chance for them. And that's what he's doing here. Saying 70 years ago they blew it. I remembered you. I promised through Jeremiah you'd be there 70 years. You'd come back. You've come back. I called Cyrus by name 150 years ago. I knew him and I remembered him before he was born. And yes, he came and he gave you permission to come back. And you're here. And you came down to some trouble, some opposition, and you stopped building. And as Haggai told us, you went building your own houses. You got selfish. Planted your own vineyards. And you forgot about my work. You forgot about my house. You forgot about God, but I haven't forgotten you. I have remembered you. And I'm sending Zechariah to let you know, I remember you. Return to me. Come back. Get back to work. Get back on track. Return. Return, O Israel. Return. Turn back. And so if you've once had that first love experience with the Lord, the joy of the Lord, the peace of the Lord, happiness, a burden for others, sharing with others, going forth and fighting the battles of the Lord, victorious over sin, victorious over the devil, victorious over the carnal nature, victorious over the natural tendencies, going forth and telling others and witnessing to others, entering into the arena, entering into the the playing field with God, into the armor of God. The Lord of hosts, entering into the Lord's army, fighting battles for him, winning people, redeeming them, taking them as branches out of the fire, like firemen going into the fire and pulling people out of hell. Going against the gates of hell. Breaking them down and delivering those who are held captive there. You are on fire for the Lord, but maybe you've lost that first love. Maybe you've lost that zeal. Maybe you've gotten distracted. Still going through the routines, but the joy isn't there. God's inviting you to return. Come back to Him. And before we go any further, just right where you are, return to Him. Say, God, I'm sorry. God, remove this out of my life. Whatever the distraction is in your life, selfishness, cares of this world, your future future plans, some person who hurt you, give it over to the Lord and return to him and let him cover you with his forgiveness, cover you with his righteousness and fill you with his glory and put you back on track. Verse 4. Do not be like your fathers to whom the former prophets preached Saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, turn now from your evil ways and your evil deeds. But they did not hear nor heed me. They didn't listen. God sent warning after warning. Don't be like that. Don't follow their example. Grow, learn, experience more. And grow in the Lord. Verse 5, your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? Yet surely my words and my statutes, which I command my servants, the prophets, did they not overtake your fathers? Right? Where are those that were 70 years ago? Right? They were ministering in the temple and rejecting the prophets 70 years ago. Most of them dead. Where are they? Even the prophets themselves, Isaiah, Jeremiah, they're not around anymore. But my word, Is still there. My promises through Jeremiah has remained. My promises through Isaiah have remained. (coughs) My statutes that I gave to Moses has remained. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word does not come back void. He is consistent. He is alive and real. And he never passes away. He's the self-existent one and the eternal one. He will always be there. Our problems will be gone. Our problems will pass. The problems of this world and this whole world will pass. Passing away right before our eyes. And soon it will be no more as we know it. And God will create a new heavens and a new earth. Wherein will dwell righteousness. Righteousness. And so we're worried about these little things. We're worried about our car. We're worried about our house. We're worried about all this stuff that's all going to burn up anyway. But God remains. Again, we carry these burdens and these anger and this bitterness on people that will die. They will pass away. Hopefully they'll repent and be in heaven, but if not, they're going to pass away anyway. It's all going to pass away here today, gone tomorrow, like the flower of the field. But God remains. God is faithful. God is the consistent one. Our loved ones, those who love God, our godly examples, they'll pass away too. The prophets and those that rejected the prophets. We can't rely on people. Even good people, they won't always be there for us. They'll pass away as well. Rely on God. Make God your strength. Make God your hope. Make God your security. He is the firm rock. He is what we build our lives upon. Not our spouses and our family and our children. Not following some religious leader. Many of them fall or die or retire, whatever. Build our faith in God. Follow Him. Return to Him and His Word. The Bible, an amazing book. Still with us today after all these years. Still in print and still read. I can't think of any other book that's that old, that's still read and printed and published and distributed around the world. It's absolutely amazing. All the way back from Moses' day. It's still around. And still speaks to our very problems, our very issues of our lives. And of all of our lives, no matter where in the world we are. We can be in Siberia, or South Africa, or in the Sahara, or anywhere. And words written, by Moses as he walked through the wilderness still apply to our day today it's absolutely amazing it's an amazing book God's word and his statutes they surely remain they're steadfast and on them we can rely we went for a walk today and we saw a sign that said someone's roofing and it said lifetime warranty. Well, whose life? My life, his life, the life of the company, right? The roof's life, right? And how long is the roof life? Well, it's a five year of the roof life. <laughs> but God's life, God is eternal. And thus, His promises are eternal. They never pass away. We can depend on that guarantee. We can depend on that warranty. He's true, and his word is truth. His salvation is sure. Confess your sins, and they'll be forgiven. Accept his sacrifice in your behalf, and you'll be saved. Receive of his spirit and his power, and he'll transform your life and change you and recreate you into his image. The power of God. The power of his word. And so, how did the people respond? Verse 6, So they returned and said, Just as the Lord of hosts determined to do to us, according to our ways and according to our deeds, so he has dealt with us. They returned. God has been faithful. He said he was going to punish us, and he did. He said we were going to go into Babylon, and we did. He was faithful. He was just. He dealt with us consistently, just as he told Moses, blessings and curses, so it came to pass. And yet he has remembered us. And as he said, after 70 years, I'll bring Cyrus and you'll go back. And he has dealt with us thus. He has been faithful. He has been true. They've acknowledged it. They came to terms with it. And they returned to the Lord. That's wonderful. And it doesn't always happen in the Bible that way. It doesn't always happen in our lives that way. But praise the Lord, it happened here. And there's not a lot written on it. That's it. Then it goes on. So it's good for us to pause and to honor these people, to honor this time of what God did. Now, if they were bad, there would be a lot on it, right? They'd go on for chapters and chapters and chapters about it. This is it. They returned. (laughs) I said, you did justly. You dealt with us just like you said. And it's recorded in heaven and sealed in heaven. And God prospered them and blessed them. And they built the temple up. And the Messiah came into that temple. And the Messiah was sacrificed in that city. And the Messiah was raised from the dead in that city. And the Messiah ascended from that city back up into heaven at the right hand of the Father and is watching us at all times. Has his eyes on us all the time and counts us as most precious. Calls us the apple of his eye. Right? The apple of your eye, your pupil there, right? It's amazing how fast the eye can blink When it sees something, we can't even recognize it. We don't even see it coming, this little twig or branch or, or piece of wood from the saw flying. Our eyes sees it. Our mind doesn't even recognize it that fast, and our eyes close. How fast we protect our eyes. God created us. And God counts you as precious as the apple of his eye. Doesn't want any harm to come to us. He loves us. He embraces us. He draws us unto himself. And he only wants what's eternally best for us. And so just as they came to the Lord, didn't follow their father's and ancestor's example, but returned to the Lord, invite us to walk in newness of life, to accept the Lord, to walk in the light that he has for us today, and to grow in him. and To grow beyond what our forefathers understood or knew. And to follow him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. And may that be recorded in heaven's books forever. So as we pray, if you have felt rejected, forgotten, Neglected, I invite you to accept God's acceptance and embrace Him and receive His embrace and invite Him into your heart and mind and soul. Secondly, if you've once known the Lord and have drifted away from that first love experience, I invite you to return to God. Get back on track with Him. Forsake whatever has distracted you. Turn it over to Him, whatever problems you have, and let Him work in your life. Third, if you've never accepted Him, if you've never known the joy of the Lord, if you've never experienced that peace and that happiness, if you've never experienced a burden for others, never experienced putting others first and God before that, putting ourselves last, having that total transformation, then a moment when we pray, I invite you to do so. Invite God into your heart and mind and let him work mightily, transform you and change you. And fourth, if you've gotten distracted from the work of the Lord, gone to building your own homes, doing your own thing, return to him, get back on track with him, Work at saving souls. Pray for God to open up doors and opportunities for you to witness and share him with others. Let God fill you with his Holy Spirit. Let him use you as a light for him. And fifth, if you've been a disappointment to someone, God's convicting you of that. You've forgotten someone. You made some promises. made some declarations and you didn't follow through. Maybe for whatever reason, maybe your own part, maybe just circumstances, and you need to make it right with that person. You've hurt someone. I encourage you to receive God's forgiveness, receive God's grace to go forward, and to make it right with that person. If you were a bad example to somebody, make it right with them. Humble yourself before the Lord, and humble yourself before them. And remember them. Just as God has remembered you. If any of those areas apply to you, or maybe some other area that God's been speaking to your heart and mind about, let us pray and let God do his work in us. Our Lord and our God, King of the universe, thank you for sending Zechariah. Thank you for remembering him. And thank you for giving him the boldness and the courage to go and to call the people to follow you and to return to you. Thank you for calling them and thank you for calling us. I'm thankful that they accepted you. And I'm thankful for our people in these last days that will follow you all the way. May each one of us be a part of that. Fill us with your spirit. Cover us with your sacrifice. Wash our sins and cares away. Give us your mind and your heart. In Yeshua's holy name. Amen.